Praise God. Praise God. While you're standing, I'm asking my friend, Pastor Rima Duncan, to come. He pastors in Chicago, uh, Illinois, Metro Missionary there, man of God, a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you come and deliver the word this morning to us, my brother? Amen. Let's give him a great big TCO welcome in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us online today as well. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Powell. I am thankful and honored to uh, join you this morning. And uh, for those of you, as Pastor said, that are joining online, we welcome you. And we want you to, to dive in. Don't just, uh, just uh, kind of relax through the word, but dive in with us. Praise the Lord. Because God is going to visit you with the word. Praise the Lord. And I believe he'll send a witness of his spirit wherever you are, uh, whether you're here or whether you're in your home or you might be uh, traveling somewhere and listening uh, through your car. Wherever you are, I believe that the Lord is going to visit you today. Hallelujah. Praise God. And we ought to respond to the voice and word of the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Why don't we lift our hands and say a quick prayer before we get into the word today. Thank you, Lord, for your grace, your mercy. Thank you for your guidance. Hallelujah. Your kindness, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for the things that you are doing in our lives, in our families, in our home, in this ministry, in this city, Lord God, and beyond, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for the worldwide impact that you're going to give to the people of this ministry, Lord Jesus. And it's already in motion, Lord God. Hallelujah. Let the word go far, Lord Jesus, beyond the, what they can do with their own hands, Lord Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus, we pray. Everybody say amen. amen. One more time, clap your hands unto the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. And give God a praise with your voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. We are looking in this, uh, the book of Hebrews this morning and looking at uh, verse 17, and we're going to try to uh, uh, lift some things and expose some things from the scripture today that will help us to understand uh, our, our, our place in the mind of God and, and how he views us and uh, what we can do with some of those uh, uh, elements of how God views us. Hallelujah. Somebody say, God loves me. God loves his creation. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17. If it is your custom to stand when we read the word of the Lord, you can. Hallelujah. If you're physically unable to do so, you can uh, stay in your seat. But we're going to read the word of the Lord. Wearing God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. Meaning that he... Uh, has um, a mindset, and he, he doesn't really change much. That's what the word immutability means. It means he doesn't change much. And uh, the Bible says he is willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise. Guess who that is? We are the recipients. We are the rightful heirs of the promise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And because he has done this, he also confirmed it by an oath that by two unchangeable or immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. Somebody say, that's impossible. So if God said something to you, it is impossible for God to lie. 
that we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. And here it is now. This is where we're going to get the, the, the focus of our, of our thought this morning. And it's not just sure and steadfast, and it's not just an anchor of the soul, but this hope causes us to enter into that within the veil. Well, there's kind of some things there that kind of make you a little bit uh, curious to what they're referring to. It, it gives some terminology here that is not blatantly clear, but I hope by the end of this service today that you would have some clarity in what God wants to do in your life and how he views us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody say, there's something beyond that veil. Hallelujah. And I want to speak to you this morning uh, on the topic of uh, just, somebody say, just put it in the box. Put it in the box. You'll understand where I'm going with that in a few minutes here. But I want you to lift your hands and ask God one more time to bless those that are hearing the word and those uh, that will respond to the word this morning. Thank you, Lord God. We praise you. We receive your word with all readiness of mind, Lord Jesus, and we want to respond to it and mix it with faith. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody say amen. You may be seated today. Hallelujah. I'm going to kind of rewind a little bit here to uh, 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 a time in biblical history where the people of God were in a place of bondage. And we know the story of them being in Egyptian bondage. And the Bible says that God caused Pharaoh's heart to be hardened. And through many miracles, praise God, God began to allow Pharaoh to change his position from holding the people bound to releasing them into what God wanted them to do and who God wanted them to be. And so we know through all the plagues, ten plagues came upon the enemies of Israel. Praise God. I, I want to stop here and tell you it doesn't matter what's trying to hold you bound and what's trying to hold you down. Praise God. They that is no match for what God uh, wants to do in your life. And if he has uh, to combat it with some plagues and miracles and things uh, to remove the obstacles uh, of your destiny out of the way, he will uh, do it. Hallelujah. You don't have to worry about if God is going to fulfill his word and if God is going to fulfill his promise or if God is going to fulfill his purpose. God will make a way when there seems to be no other way. Somebody say he's a way maker. Hallelujah. And we see that in the lives of the Israelites, even after they were released from Egyptian bondage, that God caused them to pursue the promised land. They knew that it was a land that was supposed to be flowing with milk and honey. And so they were excited about leaving Egypt and going into this land. And so when they were on their way, they realized something, uh, that there was a little bit of an obstacle on their way to promise. Praise God. 
So that kind of gives us some insight to, that when we leave certain types of bondage, and Egypt is a type of the, the world and the world system. And so sometimes when we feel like we have been, been freed or liberated and have escaped the systems of this world, that doesn't mean that we kind of get away from trouble. The Bible says that the armies of the Egyptians decided, well, we changed our mind again. We don't want to let them be free to go and do their own thing. So Pharaoh sent his armies after the Israelites again. And the Bible says that the Israelites were uh, facing an obstacle that they could not pursue, pursue their promise. They couldn't go forward. They were in front, uh, in, in front of a Red Sea. They couldn't get across. And when they realized and looked behind them, the enemies of their past was on their tail to enslave them back into the things that God had just delivered them from. That is exactly how the devil operates. He does not want you to be free. He does not want you to be liberated. He does not want you to make your own decisions. And so he's going to try to come after you. Hallelujah. But when it seems like you've got nowhere else to go, hallelujah, and you got trouble in the front of you, and you got trouble in behind you, and it seems like you got obstacles all on the side, and there's nowhere else to go, hallelujah. You can't look in the front of you. There's no help there. You can't look behind you. There's no help there. You can't look to the side. There's no help there. So there's only one other place to look, and that is up. Hallelujah. Because that's where our help comes from. We'll lift our eyes to the hills because that's where the help is coming from. Hallelujah. And when they were in trouble, the Bible says that God sent a wind to begin to blow against the obstacle. Hallelujah. And yes, the wind of God is not just something that will fill you, not just something that will bless you, but it will take care of every obstacle that you have in your life. Hallelujah. Look how precise and how powerful this wind was. The Bible says, and this is exactly what the Bible says, that the angel of the Lord came with an east wind to blow upon the body of water. And I, I want you to have a proper mindset of what's going on right now. Because, you know, when we read the Bible, we don't necessarily read it in the context of what uh, is actually happen, happening as far as uh, uh, human beings and, and, and natural things as far as time and space. The Bible says that uh, Moses lifted up his rod over the Red Sea and God began to send an angel of the Lord with an east wind. Immediately when Moses responded to the instruction of God. God began to work on his behalf. He got a word from the Lord. And he didn't sit back and reason with it. He didn't try to use logic. He didn't try to get all philosophical with his problems. Hallelujah. He just obeyed the word from God. Hallelujah. And when he obeyed the word from God, God began to move. And the Bible says that Moses lifted up that rod over the Red Sea 
and the wind blew on the Red Sea all night. Think about this now. All night. So that means the moment Moses lifted up that rod over the sea, nothing happened. Just felt a little bit of breeze. Ten minutes later, some of us would have threw that rod down and said, God doesn't love me. This, this, is, this is not working. I'm just going to go back to, well, I might as well just go back to what I used to do. But he just stood there. Let me tell you something. Here, here's, a, here's a little sidebar here. If you have a word from God, hallelujah, and then you feel like you've got something and you're doing what God told you to do, uh, and it feels like you don't know what else to do, uh, that means just keep doing the last thing he told you to do. That doesn't mean make it up. That doesn't mean have your own idea and try to explain God's word away into what you want it to be. If he told you something, just keep doing it until he tells you something else. And so an hour passed, and he's still there. Come on, I could only imagine him being in the same position. His arm is probably hurting. And he's like, man, this is, I look dumb. I'm standing here and everybody's watching me. They're looking to me for answers. They, 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 they think that I got, got the, 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 they think that I got the market on the, on the mind of God. And so they're looking at me like, all right, what are we doing here? You're just standing here with that dumb stick holding it over the water and nothing's happening. Well, they didn't see everything that was going on, but something was happening, and it may, may have seemed like it wasn't much. It was probably just a little bit of breeze and a little bit of wind, but when the time began to pass, two hours passed, he's still there. Three hours passed, he's still there. And when morning time came, they looked at their obstacle, and it was fully removed out of the way. It didn't happen instantly, but because because they stayed with it. What man could not do was automatically performed by the power of God because they obeyed the word. Somebody say, that's a miracle. Now, here's the miracle in even more technicolor. The wind was so strong that it blew the body of water apart until there was dry ground and walls of water on each side. That's a strong wind. Think about how strong that wind had to be to do that to a Red Sea. Not just a puddle, not just your backyard lake. Sea. But the wind didn't blow any of the people of God away. Because the wind wasn't supposed to affect the people. It was supposed to affect their obstacle. Hallelujah. And when you obey the voice of God, what seems like it's supposed to take you out. Hallelujah. It will take care of your enemies. It will take care of your obstacle. But it will cause you to go through to your promise. Now they get over to the other side, Bishop. They get to the other side. 
After seeing 10 plagues from God on their enemies, after seeing God come through and move move waters on their behalf, and the enemies tried to go after them, and the same obstacle that was supposed to affect them ended up destroying their enemies. They were swallowed up in the Red Sea when they tried to pursue the Israelites. Hallelujah. All of those miracles and now they're on the other side and Moses is chilling up in the mountain. And he's getting a word from God because he understands something. I can't just do what I want to do. I've got to get a word from God. And so he's up there Waiting on God to get a word from him. And the people are down in the valley just turning it up. Partying hard. And they said... Well, if the man of God ain't going to do it, we're going to do it for ourselves. We're going to create our own God. And we create. they created a golden calf, began to do all types of crazy stuff to, to get their own ideologies into view. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that when Moses began to see what they were doing, it cut him to his heart. Because God had just done so many awesome things for these people. How could you turn your back on a God that sent plagues against your enemy? How could you turn your back against a God that was a pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night, blow away your obstacles, swallow up your enemies, How could you not trust a God like that? How could you not wait on him? The Bible says there were people that were destroyed in that day. The Bible says that when they left that Red Sea, they rejoiced over what happened. And they came to this mountain where God beckoned for Moses to come up. It was a 10-day journey to get to that place from the shores of the Red Sea. Then Moses was up on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. If you do the math, that adds up to 50 days. And that was right after the Passover. And so on the first Pentecost, people died. Because their worship was misappropriated. And oh, hallelujah. They murmured against God. They murmured against the man of God. And God said, you know what? I'm not going to wipe them out. I'm going to do something. And I'm going to set some things in motion that is going to be a miracle for them. And Moses was up in that mountain getting a word from God inscribed with his own hand. God wrote his word. Think about this. This is the very first written words of God. From Adam to Moses, there was no scripture. And God was giving the people 
his word. Wrote it himself with his own hands. And Moses gets down and out of sheer human anger, he throws those words down and breaks them up. And God said, you know what? I've seen the mistakes of the people, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you another chance. I'm going to give you a second pair of that word, the Ten Commandments I'm talking about. He gave them another pair of that word. And so now they're on their way with this second chance. And all of a sudden, they get a little hungry. Things are taking a little too long. Where is this milk and honey? Where is this land that's supposed to be flowing with all these blessings? Things are taking too long, Brother Mo. I'm not, I'm not sure if I can stay in church that long. I'm getting a little famished, getting a little hungry, and there's no food. At least when we were in Egypt, we had onions and leeks. Are you kidding me? You're fantasizing over onions and leeks that you got as slaves when God has beautiful and bountiful blessings prepared for you? And they begin to murmur against the man of God. They begin to murmur against God. He said, would you have us to die here? If God preserved you to get here, he ain't going to allow you to die here. And here it is. The people of God made another mistake. But God provided them with a miracle. The next morning, bread. Cheddar Bay biscuits from Red Lobster beginning to fall on the ground. Praise God. Manna from heaven. That word manna, originally in the, the, the context of that word, it means, what is this? What? Bread from heaven, angels, food falling on the floor, and we can gather it up. And we don't have to worry about hoarding it because we're getting fresh manna the next day. And instead of praising God for the miracle, here they come a murmuring again because they begin to get tired of the miracle. They were living in that miracle and used to it happening every day. And, and they just get to, uh, you know, yeah, we thank, we thank God for the bread. But I wish I, had some, I wish I had some chicken around here. At least give me some quails. And God said, okay, we're going to send you some meat with your bread. And so in spite of their mistake, God sends a miracle. Think about this. Now the people, they get all those miracles, and now they begin to sit back, chewing on their quails and angels' food bread, and begin to look and survey the leadership, and they're like, okay, we got, uh, we got uh, Bishop Moses, he's, the, he's, he's supposed to be the leader, and then you got Aaron, he's, uh, you know, he's the priest, and you got old sister Miriam, she's the worship leader, hold on. They're all related. How come all the leadership is all family? How come, how come none of us are leading? 
Then they begin to question God-given leadership. And then God says, he says, okay, so that you know that this is my doing, I want every one of you out of all of your tribes to get a stick to represent your tribe and write the name of your tribe on that stick. And it'll be a representation. And I want all of you to bring those sticks together. Think about it. This is a dead branch that God says for all of them to collect. And they're putting it on the floor. And they got the names written on these sticks. Hallelujah. And then one of those sticks began to be sprout new life. They didn't replant them. These were dead pieces of wood. And God allowed one of them to begin to sprout leaves and even bud almonds. And so what was dead came back to life just so God can show the people, the people that he has chosen to lead. In spite of their murmuring, he gave them a miracle. In spite of their mistakes, he gave them a miracle. And then God decided to do something so that they would never forget the grace and mercy of God. He says, Build me a box. I want you to take a box and I want you to plate it with gold and I want you to put the finest craftsmanship on this box. And, And there's something I want you to put in that box. I want you to put the second pair of Ten Commandments that I gave you. I want you to put that in the box and you know what else I want you to put in the box? I, I want you to put, uh, put that manna. Yeah, put that manna in the box. You know what else? Yeah, put that stick that budded with almonds, the one that was dead and it came back to life and began to sprout and grow again. Yeah, that one, I want you to put that in the box. Hallelujah. And most of you would look at those things that were going into the box as miracles. Hallelujah. But they were not just miracles. They were memories of what God did in spite of the mistakes of the people. And so God turned the memory of their mistakes into miracles and said, I want you to put those things in a box. And I want you to carry that box around with you everywhere you go. Hallelujah. I want that box to be the center point and the focal point of your worship. Hallelujah. I want you to put it in the holiest place when you build me a tabernacle. I want that place to be the most sacred place. And I don't want just anybody to be able to touch that box. If anybody touches that box without my permission, they're going to fall dead. Hallelujah. Why? Because there are memories in that box of your mistakes but you know what I'm not just going to allow the memory of your mistake to haunt you but now your mistakes of your past will turn into a miracle why oh hallelujah that box represented the power of God wherever they went the power of God went with them if they had that box if they went into war and they had that box if they went into battle and they had that box they never lost the battle hallelujah and the enemies were afraid of them because they had that box and some of you would look at that box and say how can power come from mistakes it comes from your mistakes when God turns it into a miracle oh hallelujah 
how come those mistakes can now represent miracles because that box was closed and nobody was able Nobody was allowed to go back into that box and meddle with the memories of the mistakes of God's people. Hallelujah. And only certain people were allowed to handle that the weight of those mistakes. They knew the Levites, the priesthood, the selected few knew what to do. They knew how to transport it. They knew how to take care of it. And that box was sealed off because there was a cover. He didn't just cause them to build a box that was left open, but the box was sealed with something that was called the mercy seat. So he said, take all the memories of your mistakes, put it in the box, and I'm going to seal it off with mercy. And when you take the blood of an innocent sacrifice, I want you to place it on top of that seal, on top of that covering, on top of that lid from the box. Hallelujah. And that's where my mercy will be. And your mistakes will turn into miracles. Your mistakes will turn into the miraculous. Your mistakes will represent the power of God when you put it in the box and allow God to cover it with his mercy. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that I don't have to live in my past. I don't have to live in my mistakes. I don't have to live in my yesterdays, but I have a place to put all the things that I'm not a that I'm not proud of all the things that I might be ashamed of. There's a place to put it, and it is in the box. God says, cover it. Seal it. Put blood on it and put it in the most sacred place. Put it in the most holy place because that's where I'll come meet you. <laughs> that's, where I, that's where I'll show up when my mercy is present. Hallelujah. I'm going to show up in that atmosphere. I'm going to show up when that box is sealed and my mercy is represented over your mistakes. I'm going to show up. Hallelujah. Because those mistakes no more a scar in your memory but now in spite of your mistakes God performs the miraculous but it's only when you place those things in the proper location you can't have them in your heart anymore you can't rattle in your mind about those things anymore. There's a place to put those mistakes. Hallelujah. And God says, when you put it in my box, hallelujah, nobody can go and go in that box and try to meddle through the memories of your mistakes. Hallelujah. I'll strike them dead. They don't have, they don't have any authority to go into your past and try to throw it in your face. I'll deal with them myself can't reach beyond my blood hallelujah you can't reach beyond my mercy I'll seal it off hallelujah hallelujah God says this is going to be the representation praise God 
of my power, my glory, your victory. It's all wrapped around this box. So whatever it is you have that may be weighing you down and holding you bound and things that you cannot handle on your own, there's a safe place to put it. God has a safe deposit box for you to put all the things that you cannot handle on your own. He said, put it in my box and I'll cover it with my mercy. Now, hallelujah. When you see that box, you're not going to see your mistakes. You're going to see the power of God following you. Hallelujah. Because I show up when my mercy is present. Lift your hands right now. God is dealing with someone in this room. Hallelujah. God is dealing with someone, somebody that's watching right now. Hallelujah. Stop trying to deal with things on your own. Hallelujah. It's time for you to place those things in the box. There's a location. There's a spiritual location for you to put your past in. And it is in the box of God. Hallelujah. It's a safe Hallelujah. And it's locked away. And nobody is allowed to go into that box. Hallelujah. And meddle with what's inside. Hallelujah. So here we are. Now they have this box. And it's representation of the mercy of God. Representation of the glory of God. Representation of the power of God. And all through their generations, their box is hidden away. And only one person is allowed to go in to where that box is located and begin to offer up an innocent sacrifice and blood upon that box to ensure that the mistakes of the people are sealed away for another year. And they would have to do this every year to seal it off. Hallelujah. But once and for all, hallelujah, God said, no more are these temporary seals going to be placed on this box. But now I'm going to come myself. And when I offer up my own body as a living sacrifice that is shed and blood that is offered up for the entire world, hallelujah, for the future of every human being that will ever be born in the world. Hallelujah. And now when Jesus hangs his head, the blood is shed and is given up the ghost from that lifeless body. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the veil was torn and that which was behind the veil was now exposed and now that that was behind the veil is now accessible to all and now we can come boldly to the throne of grace and find mercy Who are you today? You know why you haven't received your miracle? You haven't received your breakthrough? You haven't received your deliverance? Is because you're carrying something that you weren't supposed to be harboring. You're not supposed to have that in your pocket. You're not supposed to have that in your heart. You're not supposed to have that in your mind. You're not supposed to have that in your mouth. You're not supposed to have that in your life. There's a place for you to put those things. And God says, give it to me. I know exactly where to put it. Hallelujah. It is in a safe place where God will lock it away, hallelujah, and cause 
those things to represent now the power of God. Why? Because it's sealed off by his mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hands right now. His mercy. Hallelujah. His mercy. Hallelujah. And now we have hope beyond this world. And that hope is like something that will keep us steadfast and sure. Something that will keep us anchored. Hallelujah. We won't have to be movable. Hallelujah. Why? Because it's anchored and causes us to go in to that beyond the veil. That's where we have our hope. Is that beyond the veil. And what that is, is the box that God has has prepared for your past. Hallelujah. So now, hallelujah, when you put it in there, it can represent, hallelujah, newness of life because you're not that person anymore. It's hidden away in a secret place that God has prepared for his people. Praise God. I don't know who you are in this house today or if you're watching online, but God has a place for you to put everything, hallelujah, that the enemy will try to hang over your head. You don't have to live there anymore. Hallelujah. There's a place for you. Hallelujah. There's space for you. God has created miraculous power for your past. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost wants to move in this place. Lift your voice and give God praise. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Who are you today? Who are you today? Many of you, you've already experienced this box, hallelujah. And you know what? You might not have ever seen that box, but you know what you have seen? You've seen this box. And it's a box that God has prepared to bury all of your mistakes. And you know what? When you go down in Jesus' name, he seals it off with his blood. And you don't have to come back up the same person you went down as. There's a box for you to put your life in. Hallelujah. Stand with me today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Come on, if you've never, if you've never buried it in the box, today's your day to bury that thing. Hallelujah. That's holding you back from living in that blessing, living in that miracle, living free of sin and shame. Hallelujah. He's got a box for you to put it down in. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every hand lifted. Lift your voice and begin to worship God in this moment right now. It's time for you to stop looking in the mirror and seeing yourself. Hallelujah. As the world saw you before the box. Hallelujah. There's a seal. Hallelujah. That's going to lock it away. Praise God. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. Hallelujah. God loves you so much that he says, I've got some place to hide that. I'm going to lock away your old man. I'm going to lock away who you used to be. And now I'm going to release something 
for your life. Hallelujah. That's going to cause you to walk with confidence in God without the memories. Hallelujah. Haunting you. Hallelujah. This now God has a path that. for you of greater things. Hallelujah. Things Here it comes. In the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. As you're lifting your voice and as you're lifting your hands and as some of you are already praying in the spirit. God wants you to know I've got a place for you and I'm going to hide it away. You don't have to be that person. I'm going to seal it off with my own blood and dare someone try to reach beyond the covering of my blood. Something's powerful when God gives his own blood to that location. He's going to seal it away. Are you looking for something a great place to go and pour it out unto the Lord and cast your cares on him. Go on, go on, you're not just in your seat. You can come to this altar of prayer. And if you're watching online, just kneel down where you are and say, God, I'm not holding on to this anymore. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving that alcoholism to you. I'm giving that nicotine addiction to you. I'm giving that substance abuse to you. I'm giving that traumatic past to you. I'm giving that depression to you. There's a box that I'm going to put it in. And God, you're going to seal it away. I don't have to be identified by that depression anymore. I don't have to be identified by that addiction anymore. But now I'm identified with the delivering power of the Lord. What must I do to be saved? You must repent and be baptized. But you can't go Go ahead and lift your voice. Go ahead and call on Because there's power when we trust him with those things. Hallelujah. He'll never have it on your head. He'll never try to embarrass you with it. He's going to send it away. Today, God has a plan for your life. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! As we pray, 
Media team, go ahead and turn the music up on this. Let's just continue to pray. Amen. We're going to start here in a few minutes for second half. But let's let God minister. Let's let God do a work today. Let's let God put some things in the box today. I'm leaving different than the way I came. I'm not walking out of here holding on to my past. I'm not walking out of here holding on to that thing. I've got mercy for my mistakes today. It's cruel.